Off top, according to the old Egyptian fortune teller's last legacy, a book published in 1775, if you got a mole on your buttock, you are in for some fortune and honor in your future. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, I got to out you, Charlie. You gave me that off top. So I don't know why we're talking. Are we checking buttocks for signs? We are hoping that the proctologist has checked Ted Leonsis and Michael Winger's buttocks, and they both have moles for this Wizards rebuild. Yeah, so we're in D.C., so uh, you're a Wizards fan. I'm in D.C., so like I would like the local team to be good. So, And I've gone to lots of games and been a supporter of them to some degree. And they, I think, are one of the most interesting teams in basketball right now because they are doing the whole rebuild process. And they sent Bradley Beal away for, I think, less than what anyone thinks he's worth. But all in all, people still think it was a smart move for them to do, even if it's too late. So generally, as a Wizards fan, super fan, I might even call you. How do you feel about what the Wizards are entering into now? Um, so it's 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 tough not to feel a range of emotions on this. And a, a big part of it is that it feels like the new regime, Michael Winger, who came from the Clippers, who came from OKC, who came from San Antonio, um, is basically changing the sheets on the bed that was wet by the prior administration um, with the Beal contract, uh, which when it was signed and given the no trade clause, we knew it was a bad idea at the time. Um, but with all of that said, with a lackluster return from Beal, we have four pick swaps from the Phoenix Suns, which go through 2031 when Kevin Durant will be retired. Likely Brad Beal will be retired. And there's a good chance that those are going to be very good picks. So lackluster compared to Rudy Gobert. Lackluster compared to Kevin Durant's return. Overall, just going into a rebuild feels incredibly positive given the stasis of this franchise over the last. So that's an interesting conversation or that's an interesting way for you to frame it, because I think that's the interesting part of this conversation. And I think talking about the Wizards may not be interesting to a national audience, but I think generally this conversation is something that since I've never really been a fan especially not as an adult of any team to any real level. Cause like I played sports and like, you don't really get a chance to develop fans. So I like root for players and I enjoy good games, but I have a disconnect when I hear fans talking about rebuild and I have a hard time believing that it's anything that you can actually be excited about. So it's weird to me. And so while we'll use the wizards as a proxy, I think this is a fair conversation that we can have with lots of fans around the league is how the hell do you get excited for a rebuild? Like the people who are like, trust the process. Like that's just a, uh, I don't know. It just feels annoying and stupid and like nothing that you actually want to be a part. So of. it's all about how you feel about the ceiling of your team. And if you think you can get there, because like we had, I kind of just, I just slipped into the row. Okay. You can, you can, okay. we, you can, we, okay. We had decent teams. We had second round teams with John Wall and Bradley Beal, but you knew the ceiling of a guard who could not shoot in John Wall, who was not always in the best shape and Bradley Beal, who was pretty injury prone and uh, a beta for lack of a better term as a, as an NBA star. So it was like, okay, this is a second round ceiling. You don't necessarily need to win the championship to be happy about where the rebuild is going. Like, look at the Sacramento Kings. They feel like they have an all-NBA guy in De'Aaron Fox. They have a future. They have a plan. They have a direction with Keegan Murray, Sabonis, et cetera, et cetera. 
That was never the case with Washington. It felt like a patchwork of overpriced veterans around two mismatched stars that we never felt like were two A1 guys. And so I'm not sure that it's true. I think when when um, John Wall was brought in, I think people believed that John Wall was going to be an A1. Yes, guy. It, absolutely. So, I, so two years in, though, we knew he wasn't. That, I, I think that's the difference is like I understand why why hope and optimism is exciting for a fan base. But a rebuild doesn't feel like hope and optimism. So like when you have a young player and you're like, well, the sky's the limit if we manage this well, if he develops here, like that might be the most fun you can be or the most fun place you can be in sort of like being in a dynasty It's being on a team where you're like with a young core that you're excited about or at least one young player where you feel optimistic about it going forward so that's interesting to me that's exciting to me that's fun to me what is not interesting exciting or fun to me while it may make good sense is let's clean house Here's the thing. let's let's bring in some guys that we don't plan on keeping well maybe they'll try to resign Tyus Jones but I don't think that Jordan pulled no, no, as no, long no no, no. They're, they're trading shot Tyus Jones at the trade deadline this year if 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 Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones and Monty Morris and if they re-sign Kuzma which they should not do they should have traded him last year at the deadline and I imagine they'll let him walk now if they build a team that's going to win 32 games and is just led by Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones that is even worse I can't imagine that thing with Wall I don't want to go through the whole Wizards history after the lockout the season that he came back when we had mixtape John Wall that entire summer and fall he shot seven percent from three so when he was 21 years old, we knew that he wasn't going to be an A1 guy that we thought he could be when he was 20 years old. That was It was such an eye-opening thing that there was a glaring flaw to the extreme level that he couldn't be that top guy that it, it really capped how much we could expect from the team. I, the, the only time there's been exciting DC basketball, and we can talk about this bigger, was Gilbert Arenas. And that was the time... like. We were like, okay, let's go toe to toe. Let's play LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. And we had Soldier Boy and LeBron had Jay Z, and we thought we were a big deal. It's pretty but funny. We yeah, I mean, I, I, so th- I think this market is this, is a unique one that has been kind of under represented despite the fact that we got a hockey team that won the Stanley Cup, a baseball team that won the World Series. Like the two major sports are not haven't been very good, haven't been much to talk about. And this is one of the largest markets in the country. Probably, I mean, next to New York, LA, I don't know, I guess Atlanta's a pretty big market also. Chicago, yeah, like DC's up there. It's it's one of the big boys. It's not a small market team. It's a, a fan base that's crazy about sports. And we know this from like when I was in college, our basketball team, the Maryland basketball team was really good. This place got excited for it. The football team, people sold out all of our football games when we were good. It's a place where people care. RG3 was here for a hot second. Oh, this 2012? The city. The Hope posters? Oh, the city went nuts for RG3. And it's sad because we, the last 20 years or so, outside of RG3, we haven't really seen it. And I do think that the, the John Wall teams were good ish yeah and they, they were, were entertaining and this is another part of oh, it they were not entertaining there was it was compared to what we're going to see in the next couple years john wall was a reason to go to oh, yeah. yeah so that's what i mean so this is i think where we disconnect and i think that maybe 
oftentimes I might be the one that's out of touch, but I think this is where you as like super sports fan guy, that there's a small little circle of people like you who listen to all the podcasts and and will sit around and play on the trade machine for fun that get excited about a rebuild. But for everyone else, having a team that's competitive is nice. Having games to go to is nice. Occasionally making the playoffs is nice. And the championship I get it. We want to win championships. Everybody wants to win championships. But at what cost? How long do you have to be terrible? Which is what you're excited for. And what annoys me about some sports is or some teams and fan bases and sports like, hey, we just got to bottom out. Let's let's be bad for three years because it doesn't even guarantee you that you're going to be good. You don't need to fully bottom out. You can do the OKC thing. And it's basically don't sign your players to toxic contracts. The second John Wall and Bradley Beal signed their contracts, we knew they were toxic assets immediately and they were degraded around the league in value. Trade players early on, they will still get all of their money. It's not like you aren't going to create this fake nostalgia in an area by being like, look, we've had Bradley Beal or John Wall for 10 years. That's just not how it works. Players have to create memories on the floor by being great players and patchworking teams together with Martel Webster, Trevor Ariza, a year of... Dwight Howard, who actually had an injured buttock that entire year and could not play. Like, um, so I guess the, the alternative is that you say just you say you don't have to fully bottom out, but if you have good players, and I don't know what you expect. So it's acquiring good assets, developing young players, and having a plan, and and having and knowing the ceiling of those players and how they're going to fit together. That's what good GMs in the league do. And it's, I'm not saying just have this horrendous culture like like Philadelphia, although if it would lead to Joel Embiid, that would be the best Washington Wizards since Wes Unseld. So that would be okay. Um, I mean, I get the the argument for it, but I guess what, what rubs me the wrong way is the argument you're making is like, don't worry, the players are going to get paid, which you know makes me happy. Well, it's true. It's just like if you... Tra- yeah. No, no, I'm, let me run through the whole thing. It's like, okay, the players are going to get paid. That makes me happy. We're not um, doing the players wrong and they might go somewhere else and be competitive that'll be fine and you'll say like the team and the franchise will be good in the future but what about the fans now and this is something that comes up often we talk about is like when you're running a professional sports team it's one of those few businesses that has two objectives one is to be an entertaining product and the other is to win a championship and i would understand giving up being an entertaining product for a few years if it guaranteed you a real shot at winning a championship it does not what happens so often is these teams that think that they're in a rebuild and you're saying you have to have a plan okay i agree you have to have a plan it's hard to have that plan when you're a gm and you're trying to maintain your job and it's the whole moral hazard. I think that's how Bradley Beal got his deal is like the GM was like, man, I got to do something because I'm going to be fired if I don't. So let me sign Bradley Beal, which is bad. Like that's the ownership should step in and and take over and make better decisions there because I do agree that that last Bradley Beal contract was a mistake. However, I don't believe the previous one was a mistake or the, the John Wall one was a mistake. Like I think to some degree, you I understand what you're saying is a mistake as far as building a champion, but it's not a mistake as far as like satisfying your fan base and keeping people interested. And you're saying that it won't create some sort of like connection. It does. You know what doesn't create con- connection is being terrible and not having a star that anyone cares about or knows about. That's I think bad. it gives you a better chance of finding that star that can connect with the city if you have more bites at the apple and you ask and you allocate your assets in a way that gives you a chance of building a champion. And I'm like, like it's, this is not like, 
it was a juggernaut. It was some 55 win or 60 win team that couldn't get over the hump. This is a team that hasn't won 50 games since 1978, since before either of us were born. And so it's like, you know, these were mid 40 win teams in a LeBron led East. It was, it, it literally felt like a fait accompli that they're going to get to the second round and get swept. Like we are the, the best moment in the John Wall, Bradley Barrett, Beal era was John Wall jumping on the scores table after game six against the sec, uh, against the Celtics in the second round. It was great. And it was fun. But I'm just saying like, they're like the, you don't want to feel like the team has a cap ceiling and you also, I think as a Wizards fan, can be frustrated that the tank is happening now when people are looking at the draft next year and you're like, I don't know if there's a single franchise guy. Of course, there will be someone who rises to the top and is a decent number one pick. But to do it the year after, Wembenyama, Scoot, Brandon Miller, that is crazy. Now, that's why I agree with you is the big mistake, in, as opposed to tanking as I am, it's set up perfectly for them. The big mistake to me was the Bradley Beal deal. It's like they got to a, a situation where it was obvious that they were not competitive. And it was obvious that Wimby was in the draft and Bradley Beal was going to command a major deal. That seemed like the perfect time for them to step away. Is that, and that's in my mind, is the worst move, but I feel like you have a deeper history with this team. Is there a worse move in that, in this uh, recent run than signing Bradley Beal when they could have? But I guess that's not that bad because there was no guarantee that they would have gotten Wimbanyama. I mean, it was bad because it's just a team that like even if Bradley Beal had been fully healthy, it's like you're you're capping your ceiling as being a low 30 win team and paying. It reminds me of like the Colts and like when David Robinson got hurt for the Spurs and they ended up with Tim Duncan. It was like, oh, it, we're, we're not aiming to tank, but I mean, it just kind of worked out that we were going to be bad the year the best prospect in the history of the NBA was available. You also like no contract. And I think you agree with this will look as good that, as it does the day that you sign it, unless it's like the Steph Curry thing where it's a total freakish occurrence and he gets so much better. The fact that we knew the second that those that Beal contract and even the one before when he he could have been traded two years prior were signed, we knew those were bad deals. We knew that giving a no trade clause to someone was going to tank his value. Um, those are killers for a team without a plan. And like, it's just the treadmill of mediocrity and being in the middle. It's trading first round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich and then letting him walk three months later. So you have like a shooter in second round. He's a really nice player. He's worth first round picks now. But to just make that trade and let him walk to do the do similar overpay a Martel Webster overpay a Trevor Ariza overpay Marcin Gortat year after year or Nene like these are things that like this feels just, like a uh, uh, ownership issue honestly it's a it's it, like uh, as 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 much as like yes the we want to come down on the GM for making the bad deal or those decisions like when it's a uh, a long stretch like this it's hard not to look at the owner but when there's specific decisions like the Bradley Bill one that felt definitely like the owner should step in and be like, hey, this is not because the it's the moral hazard point It's like the interests are the timelines are not aligned. Well, this is also this is maybe the toxic trait of the Leontis ownership group is trying to create a connection, loyalty to stars over anything else and keeping the guys forever. And that's like in a lot of ways can be good. Yeah. And it can be. I really, love that. Like, yeah, that's can admirable. Be, that can I appreciate be that. And fans that can, should appreciate that. Yeah. But that also can lead to Ernie Grunfeld being your GM for almost two decades and having disastrous move after disastrous move. And then just hiring Tommy Shepard from your front office with zero experience. And that's like you sometimes 
there, need to run it as a cutthroat business. Yeah, there has to be a balance between the head and the heart. And I think uh, you and I both listen to the Lebertard show and you hear like David Sampson on there sometime where it seems clear that there is no balance there. Like, I, I hope he's playing a character that he's not really that despicable when it well, comes it's, to it's, business. But It's balanced with Dan's heart. <laughs> yeah, Dan's heart is way too big. And oh, I'm the king of empathy. I'm Dan Lebertard. <laughs> I, oh. I was not asking for a Lebertard impersonation as much as Dominique, you. Dominique, put me next to you in your darkest moment. What was it like he's, running the NBA Players Association? Were there dark moments? <laughs> Why does he sound like a cartoon character? Because when he gets really emotional, he has high-pitched voices. He goes, my father. Oh, gosh. Leave Dad alone. I love that, man. Um, So we a little critical of the ownership group, and we're in D.C. Both of us uh, have connections to that family in, in different yeah. ways. So it's not personal criticism, but... If that ownership was not great, they have brought in, they sneaky brought in some new ownership on the side that is definitely a lot more ruthless than they are as owners. So this, if you can commend any move that they made, it was the masterful move of sliding in the Qatari money right after they did the Jordan Poole trade and just before the draft. So we are not going to spend multiple news cycles talking about how the first major sports major American sports team brought in a sovereign fund that's mm -hmm. connected with things that are unsavory like deaths in building the World Cup stadiums uh, we're not going to talk about it because Jordan Poole's in town oh Wimby went number one they bracketed that thing that is such a delicious shit sandwich that they forced us to eat it's fascinating that this actually got into one of the big three American sports and really wasn't a news cycle yeah. because I thought this was going to be a mass. We talked about this like weeks ago. Yeah. That we thought this was going to be a massive deal when someone bought in. You talked to Bomani about how they specifically could buy into the Lakers and how this could change things. It just happened and no one's going to care. Nope. And now uh, that precedent has been set. So like yeah. the next time it happens, unless it's with one of those teams, like unless yeah. it's the Cowboys, the Lakers, the Giants, like one of these major teams that are like synonymous with American sports, the Yankees. Like, there's going to be a Knicks fan who's going to be like, Dolan, sell the team to Qatar. <laughs> you think there's going to be or there already has there been? There probably already, already has are. been. They definitely want him out. So I don't know. I mean, I guess there's not much to talk about there. But other than we thought it was going to be a big story or a big deal when it happened. I wonder how long they were sitting on this deal. Yeah. Because, like, I imagine deals like this don't happen overnight. I imagine they had been like, yeah, we're going to drop this just before the draft. It was also, like, it was sly like a fox in the way that, because, like, okay, the first news dump comes out. I think it was what you tweeted, like, the details of the, of the original Bradley Beal deal. And it just said, and pick swaps. So we didn't know how many pick swaps were in there. And we we're like, they didn't even get a first-round pick for Bradley Beal. And then we get the Jordan Poole trade. And... That second news dump is when we find out, oh, you get pick swaps all the way to 2031. And by the way, uh, we're selling part of the team. to. <laughs> Wimby got drafted, guys. Yeah. Everybody. The greatest prospect amazing. in NBA history is here. Like, that's, it's nothing to talk about. CP3 is going out to um, Golden State. It's just so much more to talk about other than that. And I, I mean, I guess there's not much to say on it. But like, I just I think more than anything, I wanted to bring it up just because I wanted to be like, hey, you didn't get it past us. It's nothing to say, but you didn't get it past us. The, I mean, PIF is trying to buy into the ATP tour. It happened exactly what we're talking about. Like, this is happening at a, at a speed that even I am surprised by. What was the, what was the impact on the valuation? Like, 
I have no, I, I can't even pretend I knew what the Wizards and the Capitals and Monumental Sports were worth before, but they were giving it a $4 billion valuation after the, after that buy-in. And that, uh, I, that seems high. I guess that's just like how valuable NBA teams are going to become. And I guess that's part of what we were talking about. The fiduciary responsibility of other ownership groups to let this happen because it makes their franchises so much more valuable. Yeah, it does improve the, or increase the value of all the teams. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash df today to get 10% off your first month that's better help com slash df we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there but if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Um, before we go on to Roses and Thorns, the last question I have for you is, as we were talking about the Wizards kind of being a major market that should mm-hmm. be an attractive destination for free agents, that should be one of the premier NBA cities and hasn't been 
since they were the bullets, uh, or at least haven't been competitive at a high level. Are there other cities like that? I was trying to think of other, and I guess the Knicks come to mind as a team that hasn't lived up to the hype, but they still seem to, they still feel yeah. like more significant. Than, they mellow. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they've had significant runs that were important. And I mean, recently they had a, a little bit of run. The, the Wizards haven't had it at all. Is there another major American metropolitan area that has been failed as miserably as the Washington fans have been? And including football. Like, I guess we can't say they've been failed. We got hockey and baseball, but just focus on basketball. Is there another basketball city that's been failed like this? Because I feel like if you're in Utah, you can't be mad. <laughs> if you're in OKC, you're like, hey, anything we get, we're excited about it because you know there is not a line of top free agents clamoring to come to OKC. But I kind of feel like D.C. is a place where guys would want to be. If they want to be in Philly, if they want to be in New York, like D.C. is in that same general ballpark. Yeah, and for the record, we have what seems to be like a stable, morally upstanding ownership group and a a, a plan and a path now. I I would like to state it. I feel more optimistic about the Wizards today than I did a week ago. Um, but I, to me, it feels like Atlanta. And Atlanta's had slightly more success. Like they, you know, they had a Super Bowl that they could choke away. They had Luka Doncic that they could trade for Trey Young. They got. Oh, they made yeah, that run. I, to I'm a not going to let you count trading Luka Doncic as having success. But I mean, that, Trey, that first, Trey Young had a little bit of success. Yeah, and I mean. Those like 35 seconds they had Luka Doncic would have been better than any stretch the Wizards have had. That's, in 50 I mean, that makes it worse. I feel like they might be worse than they them might be because worse. they I, we didn't trade away uh, a MVP caliber player. That's not something we did here in DC. Yeah, to me that's the one that stands out, and it's also like it's a city like DC that people want to be in and should a- attract stars, and hasn't really attracted a star player since Dominique Wilkins. I mean, I, I, there have been Julio Jones, there's been Matt Ryan, yeah. there's been Trey Young, but, but those I mean, guys aren't basketball. Like, I think if we focus in on basketball, I think uh, Atlanta is perfect. Like, it's a place, at least, um, and maybe it's not as much so for athletes now, but athletes of my era, when you retired, you moved to Atlanta. And that's where everybody wanted to be. Everyone would go to Atlanta. And I guess, I don't know where it, where it is now. Are they going to Texas? Oh, that's L.A., I think. Basketball players, all basketball players go to California. They all live in L.A. now. Yeah. yeah. Or Miami. Yeah, Miami. No state income tax. Save that 9.3%. I mean, when you retire, you're not really worried about the income tax. Cap gains? I guess, yeah. I guess capital gains. Oh, well. Now we're turning into a fun financial podcast. You know when it's time to go? When you mention capital gains tax. All right, Charlie. Time for Roses and Thorns. Thanks, bud. He's so good! Oh. How is Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. And now, everybody's, or just my favorite part of the show, with my favorite person, Roses and Thorns. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Dominique. You're not my favorite person right now because you're late. Okay, you know me. what? I He hates being late, and I'm not going to lie. He called me at 12.08, and I was like two blocks away. And I was thinking, as don't I was worry. driving the whole time, I was like, okay, this starts at 12.30, and I don't need makeup, so I can get there like at 12.30. This is the, the, the my I know. big... My I big, messed up. My, I messed up. There we go. That's all. I'm, my I big, messed up, and I'm just telling you guys why. My big theme for the summer for our son is take responsibility. And, and I said, I'm sorry. There. So I'm just Ask saying we got to make sure... all the producers outside. I'm sorry to Christina and Adi and Sarah, if you guys can hear this because I did not get to speak to you directly. I apologize to everyone outside. 
I am sorry. I thought it started at 1230. I was timing myself well, we, for 1230. Uh, be, but now that we're doing it back at noon on Mondays for the first time in a few weeks, in your I defense, will there was, remember. There was a jackhammer going on in the background, so we probably couldn't record anyway. But there is a, was on my side. a special uh, occasion because now when you talk to nobody, like where the camera is not, you actually And look have, at me not doing I'm doing the right thing. I'm looking at the well, camera now. It doesn't make sense. We... we <laughs> We have because uh, apparently I don't actually want. So he's going to say that there's actually somebody there. So like I could be talking to somebody. It's a studio audience. A, a we have a one man of studio one. audience he's who's going to later be a one man guest. And the guest, he's just everything to yes, the show right now. Yes, thank you. Super special guest. I, I can't hold <gasps> in the secret guest. any longer. It's Jalen Hurts. Everyone get excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you laugh a little too hard. Smile just a little too hard. It's not Jalen Hurts. It's if it Jaylen. was, that would be crazy. <laughs> Believe me. If I feel like you you're turning into like a schoolgirl. You're getting uncomfortable and nervous just because I said the name. <laughs> Of act, like a 26-year-old okay? man. What is he, like 27? I have no idea how old he is. I've refused to learn, but you know what? <laughs> you know, made you, me will that make realize, you feel uncomfortable? I don't know, because I think of him as old. But we were watching the NBA. We were oh, away. Yeah. So we'll talk about our trip, and then we'll get to our guests um, in a minute. But we were away. And so normally, like, if he watches sports stuff, he'll go, like, to our basement if we're at home. And I don't really see it. Unless it's something I independently want to watch, like a football game. Intro. I do like some finals. football games. or like the NBA finals. But typically, he'll go downstairs. I would never typically see any of the NBA draft. I don't know what any of these kids look like. There's one. The Thompson twins. Wimby. Oh, yeah. Wimby. Wimby I knew of because I'm obsessed with Good Morning America. But anyway, I'm obsessed with that show. Um, and so I'd heard ESPN, of Wimby on Robin. there. Yes. Oh, my God. I had heard of Wimby on there because Robin went to France to interview him. But otherwise, I don't know who any of these kids are. Like, I don't watch college basketball, high school basketball, wherever they're coming from. But I happen to be in Overtime a, Elite is where the Thompson elite. twins went. And I was like, I saw these two. Baby boys. 18-year-olds. Exactly. Maybe 19. Baby boys getting selected for the NBA draft. And I was like, now this is going to sound awkward for me to say, but especially as twins. I don't know if it works for men, though. But, you know, like female twins, you can sell them as a pair. Like like when you're young and there's like a hot pair of twins in college, it's like even if they're not that hot, they get attention because it's two of them. Like it's like exciting, right? Um, but I don't know if it works that way for males or not. But I just when I saw them, I was like. Their faces, I mean, I'm not saying that they're Jalen Hurts, but like they could be maybe one day like Jalen Hurts level. They could get the cover of a magazine, especially with two of them. And it seems like that'd be great. Like, I don't know how good they are, but as far as like selling themselves and marketing, like they're very, they're incredible athletes. We'll we'll see what happens, uh, how good they are. But they went four and five, which is amazing. It's it's such a good story. Yeah, it is pretty great. And they seem to be like pretty have their heads on straight and their outfits as yeah. i recall were better than other people's Subdued. outfits they were no fun though the outfits were i'm good look, with that i like a little bit more fun this man dresses boringer than anyone you've ever met but he likes a little bit of fun i mean yeah you can't throw a football but you like Jalen hurts so like it just because you can't do it don't mean i when i first started this podcast i did not I think it was going spin, to be though. a Jalen hurts uh, fan appreciation podcast because uh, that's feel like every episode that is the most recurring theme is you know what guys Jalen Hurts is hot. It's been established. We got it out I the way early. I wouldn't say he's hot. I'd say he's beautiful. Jalen Hurts is beautiful and talented. And talented. And he has a master's and he's a feminist. I don't and just. Smart. And he's dealt with adversity and having to leave his first college and go to a second one. I don't just like him because he's attractive. <laughs> You want to talk about our family vacation where me, your husband and your three children went away? My husband, I'm talking about. I love him. Yes, we did. We went to my favorite spot, Miami. Make fun of me if you want. Um, It's like, I don't know if it's my favorite, but we do go there the most out of everywhere. Um, But first we went to this water park, which I would highly recommend, guys. People out there with families. I'm about to. This is like no one likes us enough to have us 
give us any sponsorship. So this is just sincere. Speak for we yourself. went to this um, water park um, called a hotel, JW Marriott, at a water park called Tidal Cove. I think like the resort is called Turnberry. Um, and it's great. And it feels super safe. It's got fun water slides for all ages that look a little cleaner. You can get cabanas there. Like it looks a little cleaner. The rooms are, they have like a range in sizes. So like different costs. There's also like a, a cheaper hotel right across the street. But here's the best thing about it, guys. There is a big mall right across the street. So like the first night we got there, it started pouring. No worries. Dominique just took the kids to movies. I did not go. Um... And you can like, you don't have to eat hotel food all the time because you can go right across to the mall. So we were there for two nights. And even though typically I'm like, oh, we didn't last time we said we were going to go to Six Flags or recently we said we were going to Six Flags, but we didn't have to go, y'all, because there was thunderstorms here that never happened. So our daughter was pissed. Um, So I'm not a fan of going to most like adventure parks, amusement parks, water parks, whatever. But this one just feels nice. And I highly recommend it's like a quick family trip. It's like 40 minutes from Miami. And then after that, we went down to the beach. And one of the days we went to the Everglades. And so oh, that was the best part. It was surprising. It was, was the best yeah. part of the trip, according to all the children. But I only know. one of the kids actually seemed, to, seemed enjoy to enjoy it. But once we left, they all liked it. Me and Declan ate frog legs and, and um, alligator tails. It was fun. We saw a bunch of alligators up close in their natural habitat. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. So that, I think the rose of the trip for me was definitely not necessarily being in the Everglades, though it was cool. It was realizing how much all the kids separately enjoyed the Everglades. And like... Not the water park, not like being at a nice hotel, getting virgin mojitos is Avery's new thing. I'm like, they're costing about the same as regular mojitos, so slow your roll drinking them. Um, the last time we were in Miami, I was going to take Declan out there, just me and him. To yeah, no, I know. So I'm happy that we waited and did no, it. No, I was like, we're going to go all of us. Um, we, get, we did cheat and get a private boat, like a smaller boat with a private tour guy. And then at one point... And our guy was apparently better at calling the alligators, oh, allegedly. Yeah. It's just that he only had us, so he had more time to like look for it and call the alligators. Nah, Where this, how can you be better at calling alligators? I mean, different sounds. Alligators respond different to different sounds, and some sounds. First of all, I also didn't want him to call alligators, but oh, like they the came point right is, up to our yes, airboat. anytime he would do his little whistle, the alligators would come, and I'd be like, "Great, where's the boat with like forty people on a tour with the one guy? Couldn't get the alligators to come, so he got them to come and then tried to like share them with the other boat. But I was like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad." Is there anything else from the trip you want to talk about? Well, do you have a rose or thorn from the trip? Um, it was a great trip. I mean, uh, oh, the thorn cares. is my son got swimmer's ear. Oh yeah, he got swimmer's ear. That was a thorn. It was and a thorn, he and then also just he doesn't care, and he doesn't. So it was like he was like miserable in pain, right? Like crying. That luckily it was towards the end of our trip, and so our pediatrician calls in some drops down there. He he gets it a lot. Or oh. I get it before calls and drops down there, and he's taking painkillers, so he feels a little bit better. So I was like, if you want, you can come dig in the sand with us, which is my bad parenting, I guess. But to get to the beach, you have to walk past the pool. This little boy plugs his ears and cannonballs into the pool and we were like Declan and he was like I covered my ear and then later I see him do it as we're coming back out I see him jump in again with his hoodie he likes to wear a swim shirt so he had like a hooded swim shirt with his hood on he said oh no I had my hood on he is smart enough to know that did not make a difference but so my, that's my thorn my rose for the entire trip was all the old black men that came up to me and I'm so proud of you it's, it's, it's the best thing about the job is it happened today when i dropped a uh, deck off at football i'm a camp. little bit jealous it was a couple of old black men it was like hey i appreciate it. keep keep it real on the shows tell them white people what they need to hear like yeah, you're damn right now it makes you feel good it's like getting paid Speaking of being somewhere. Oh, transition time. I like this, Kelly. <laughs> as like the token. You're not, there are a lot of black men at ESPN, Ooh. but as the black man who tells people what they want to hear. not a rocky transition at all. We have another black man as a guest today. <laughs> 
I would like to introduce our first guest. I know you guys have heard me say sometimes that as a joke, I would love to have a guest on here so I can practice being Kelly Ripa because I mean, in my dreamiest of dreamy worlds, we could be Kelly Ripa. And you know she works with her husband now. They basically copied us, I want to say. I think they probably did it first. I know, I know. Okay. We couldn't get Jalen Hurts, unfortunately. <laughs> Shockingly. Someone um, who is much more attractive. So we have a beautiful... I mean, uh, don't make me don't make me compare Roger to Jalen. Roger's beautiful too. We have another beautiful man. You can't here. even lie. He is beautiful too. You made it seem like it was like it wasn't even close. I think Roger is much better looking than Jalen. Come on out, Roger Mudd. We have a guest, the finest Roger man in DC. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, we were doing it here in the bathroom, and yes. when I, you guys were talking about bringing a guest on, and when I heard that I was going to be the first guest, I was like. Oh my god! Like I feel like so excited and so honored. Like you guys could have had anybody on here. Let me let me be honest with you. I was like, let me have Ro I want to have a guest on. I want to have Roger on. You're one of Ashley's friends, and we you're fun you and interesting, and you come up a lot. Well, her hairdresser, but, yeah, that is her best friend. Yeah, or is right. it the best friend? No, it's best friend. Best friend. Best friend. I, I I got I defended you. I knew like, that. I saw that. That was nonsense. However, I introduced him however, one time as my hairdresser, and later my best friend. Roger. Okay, so then I was like, they want me to come on, but it's like. June. Oh, shut yeah. up. That's yeah. a coincidence. Like, is that? Yep. That's what, so I'm going yeah. to sell Ashley out because I was like, what are we going to talk to Roger about? And she was like, we can ask him about pride. I was like, I refuse to have I Roger on to be like, hey, let's ask Although a gay I dude. I am wearing a rainbow shirt. I mean, you wear rainbows defense, all the time. Exactly. I wear rainbows all the time. Like, I'm kind of jealous that Which it's not way, like. I, I like it a lot. Thank you. It looks really pretty. Thank you. I'm a you little really bit pretty. You do too. Oh, thanks. I'm all right. So do you, honey. Um, I'm a little bit jealous. Oh, don't need that, very like, handsome. Thank you. You are. Black women somehow aren't represented by rainbows, personally. But um, but it's okay. I'm an ally. But you're missing so a I couple of the colors, though. I think like the black, the brown, the white. I know the the part the, the that's like kind of the triangle yeah. to add on. I have to admit, I was a little disappointed when I was like, you know what, you guys can come on and we could talk about pop culture, and then I realized that y'all don't know nothing about pop culture, just like we're me. Like living <laughs> in a little bubble. I know. We had the beat. He came over a little bit ago. Um, again, I thought it was 1230. So like, oh, we have time to like eat breakfast and chill. And by the way, I was like, Ashley, I think we have to go. Like, I think we Appreciate have to go. Right. Like, Ashley, my I think dog. we have Did to go. Did you know it was we'll switch friends. Yeah, that's what you it was. Remember you remember what it was, that it was That's what I thought it was. Yeah. I really thought it was 1230 because, again, it's been so long since we've done it on a Monday at noon. But anyway, um, we were watching the BET Awards. I watched them last night, but I also DVR them because I love the BET Awards. <laughs> it's like my favorite <laughs> ever um it's like my favorite i think night of television all year not even not even a, i was gonna say award show but typically they're so good like some of those like when they do the tributes this year it was busta rhymes because it's hip-hop 50 so normally it's like old r&b or like they'll have like jodeci come on or something like i just live like no like other award shows don't ever have jodeci like, maybe having them young people that but yeah the problem is i didn't recognize other than so because it's hip-hop 50 they had a lot of old school acts like and i recognized them but anyone who was actually winning awards, like the new people, I had no idea who, who those were. <laughs> you can't tell know. it. You don't know. But you watched it last night, right? Okay. Did any old people win anything? Yeah. Um, Buster Rhymes got a tribute <laughs> and he went, he said that they told me I have two minutes to talk and he went on for approximately 30 minutes. Oh, and I was nice. thinking, long story long. I love it. That's your guy. Um, but no, I don't like, remember we were watching it. It was something like, who is this person who was accepting him? Her name said it was Coco Jones. Never heard of her. Um, I have heard of Lotto because I used to think it was weird when her name was Mulatto. Rip and me I know, out the plastic. And then Roger was like, rip me out the plastic because we saw Lotto. Because I'm acting brand new. 
And I had never yeah, heard. I, I, I mean, I have seen that as a meme. Like you about to have to. I'm about to. They show dolls and are plastic. And it means they're about to like, like act brand new. Gotcha. Like, okay. like a summer. Right, like right. we outside. <laughs> brand new. Is, is acting brand new different than acting bad? Because I believe this summer is all about acting bad. Bad, bad. I think summer, it's two guys. different things. Okay, I think good. so. I think so. But how? How would you define them differently? I think like being acting bad is just kind of like for the girls. They're going out. They're not really caring about their boyfriends so or whatnot. Act bad? You probably could act bad. You have to just don't, be out and about. Don't act bad. <laughs> and then I think I think rip me out the plastic. I'm acting brand new. It's more so like I look good. I look cute. Like I'm sexy. But you could be both at the same time. You could be both at the same time. Mac bad and brand new. As soon as I get to New York, I'm going to train. As soon you as I'm bad? Oh, guaranteed. Hashtag act bad. The, the baddest. Post about it. <laughs> no, not that. When we go to Vegas, we're far. going to Vegas next week. You can act, you can act all oh, of yeah. One of our, our a, a couple is, that's is meeting us out there wants us to go to His Rick Ross concert. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wants to go to Rick Ross concert. And he, she mentioned Rick Ross, the baby, and fabulous. It's not the baby, it's little bit. Oh no, it's the no, baby. The baby, we're not allowed. Yeah, we're not allowed to. Ooh, he's back, y'all. <laughs> is he back? He's, yeah, I mean, he he's hasn't in, gone away. He never Vegas. stopped releasing music. He just wasn't mainstream. You just couldn't admit you were listening to it, kind of like you and Kanye. Are <laughs> 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 you just out this man? <laughs> I love Kanye. He would all. Matter of fact, I bought you a sticker earlier today. Yes, no, that is not for me. That is you. He's obsessed with Kanye West. Um. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I came on, I wanted to be like, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on here. You guys could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be with me. And Th- I thought it was a Jay Z line. I was like, and I appreciate that, but it's apparently it's, it's from Kanye. the ego, ego remix. Kanye, yeah. Kanye says it. Um, he stole it from Jay Z. Yeah, probably so. It was but, a Jay Z you know, line at first. I still love Kanye. Um, loves him so much. Yeah. Um, Speaking of old rappers, the beef. I assume neither of you have heard anything what about beef? this. Okay, tell me. The beef. Jim Jones. No, have not heard. It. Who's that? <laughs> Pusha T. Oh, oh no! Pusha T. You know Pusha T. I know Pusha T. Okay, yeah. He, he, he used to rap with Jim Kanye. Jones. He just means he knows who Pusha T is. He did used to rap with Kanye. Uh, yeah, they were like yeah. a runaway song. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know but about no, 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 the beat. Pusha T. He had an album that came out last year that was it like was very fire. good. It was very it was good. good, especially the song. Well, that he he dissed Jim Jones. You don't know Jim Jones? <laughs> I know who Jim Jones. He has Chrissy. Yes, yes, yes. From Love and Hip Hop. Oh well, he was with diplomats. Yeah, okay, Cameron really. and all of them. Yeah, he Jules he came back. Oh gosh, look yeah. at us. We know we are so much. Way off. Oh, <laughs> leave him hanging. Leave him hanging. We are Ooh. way off the rails at this point. Okay, we'll get back. Um, so what? Tell me about the beef. There's nothing to tell you. It was a diss track, and Jim Jones lost and came back and made another song that wasn't good enough. And um, Pusha T is not to be trifled with. Yeah, <laughs> the, I would the, not. The general rule after what he did to Drake and anyone else who battles him. Oh, he's the one that revealed Drake's baby, right? Oh, wow. That was low. Ooh, any any diss forty who has a he's terminal. 40. He's the producer. He has a terminal illness, and, <gasps> oh, wow. and, and Pusha T was like, <laughs> he took shots at the illness. Also, anyway, that lesson. So if you see. We saw Pusha in a restaurant around here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I... You scared. Yeah, I was just yeah, slide right by. I don't even don't make, eye, make contact. eye contact. <laughs> no, one, no problems with young Pusha. But Malice came out, which is nice. This is ridiculous Malice conversation. Malice came out? What do you mean? Never mind. When they were at the Louis Vuitton show, Pusha T, Malice is his brother, the Clips, they reunited and they had a song together. Malice had a verse in the diss track. It was all good. Oh, like like I did see on the BT Awards that Quavo and Offset came together last night for the first time in a while. That was like the youngest thing I recognized, but which exactly, like Versace was out a long time ago. Um, and so I don't know young things. So we couldn't, he suggested we should talk about pop culture. Roger and I realize we can't talk about pop culture. 
We can talk about, do you think Jalen Hurts is attractive? I'm not really sure who that uh, is. It's time to go now. Are Weird. you serious? I'm super serious. You don't know who Jalen Hurts is? Anyway, I thank you guys really all for coming. Appreciate you, Roger, <laughs> for showing up. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks, Adi. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Christina Buswell and Charlie Kravitz. And we out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.